the bar stool. Let the sparks fly. Hello and welcome back. It's been a really interesting week, and we've got a very interesting podcast next. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Spurs' demolition with of Burnley. Um, Spurs' demolition of the weekend. Son's phenomenal oh. performance. Oh, what a goal! There. What a goal! I, I don't know. I don't know if you ever watched uh, Martinelli's goal against Aston Villa. I think everyone knows what was better. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about the Arsenal Aston Villa game, the Spurs Burnley game, and then later on. We will be doing the Tottenham and Arsenal combined team of the decade because that is trending right now. So we thought, why not do a combined Arsenal? Also, because it'd be interesting and fun. Um, Oh yeah, that reason as well. Nah, it will be. It'll be interesting. Neither of us know who each other's picked yet. Um, So we're going to be using facts and and heated arguments, hopefully, to decipher. Who would make the best Spurs and Arsenal combined team of the decade? Um, and yeah, we're going to see how that goes. Um, funny enough, we were not able to agree that troph- most trophies won as a fair tiebreaker for some reason. I don't know why. I, I, th- I thought that was quite fair. Um, <laughs> we couldn't agree mm-hmm. that way. Um, so yeah, so we're going to be doing the Spurs and Arsenal team of the decade later on. But I think we need to start with... The magic that happened at Arsenal, or not at Arsenal, it was actually in West Ham Stadium. Um, but Arsenal, who would have seen that come? Wow. Won a game. Terrible for sixty minutes. Horrible for sixty minutes. But Arsenal turned into Barcelona. They turned into the Arsenal, and yeah, it was kind of that's what I want to see from Arsenal for those ten minutes before we were winning. It was it was pretty amazing that. Um, and yeah, Martinelli scores his first goal as a as a on his, on his Premier League debut. Pretty amazing. <laughs> and all was well. And all was well in the Arsenal camp. <laughs> it was, we got it. We got it covered now. It's sorted. We've got it. Champions sorted. League nailed no down. Um, yeah, obviously, we're only we're only two points behind. Fifth place, which is like oh, fifth place. Everyone knows we're, also, like, we're one point. Everyone knows fifth place is like the top four of, of course, fifth of place. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like we, I don't know. Liverpool are doing well, but we could win the league. You never know. Like we could, if we go on a run, <laughs> we go on a run. You never know. Liverpool, Liverpool are worried. Yeah, I mean it's. it's... It isn't like Arsenal fans to get carried away or or, or have extreme reactions to situations. We've never seen that, never seen that before happen. Um, I guess well, this is what, the first time ever. You heard what Klopp said during the week, or not during this week, during last week, about Martinelli. He did he did accept, he did agree that Martinelli was pretty special. And he said oh, he doesn't know where Arsenal got him from. So that's coming from Jurgen Klopp, how good of a player Arsenal have got with Martinelli. And he, he, he has been quite good. You can't deny that, like... He he's got potential to be great. Like everyone at Arsenal thinks mm-hmm. he's doing great. He got into a first team Premier League game, and he got a goal. What more can you want from someone? I mean, it's it's um it's good, but it's 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 not quite Sonny. Well, I, I, you're comparing like 
I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of play style of who Martinelli plays like. And he's just, he just doesn't, I don't know anyone really. He doesn't like, he's not a traditional winger and he's not a traditional striker. So I don't know who he's like. So I don't know how to compare him. Like Son, you can say, well, oh, Son's this, but Son's like in his own, like, he's his own sort of player. like League, in his own world, in his own level of player everyone else just sort of bows down to Sonaldo Sonaldo Nazario as he was goal, as he was called by Mourinho um, but Martinelli I mean again continue with the theme of Arsenal fans not getting carried away and there was a headline of him being compared to uh, Ronaldo last time he had, he had a good performance well, so I don't know good. who did that but okay um, now nah, but if you watch like with Martinelli like I do think Arsenal have got something special there like he, he would be because the thing is we had Lacazette and Aubameyang playing recently and them two just haven't worked together really well because they're both like they both want to be that out and out striker. So Lacazette was dropped for Martinelli, and he kind of offers something else there because he's 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 not a winger, but he's dropping back a bit more. He's less of a striker on his own. So I don't know. Like I'm not obviously it's a bit early and a bit unfair to compare them, but it's someone like I don't know. The, the only comparison I can think of is Messi. Like Messi is a sort of player. <laughs> no, not as in he's as good as Messi, but in his play style is similar to Messi. As in, he's a winger, but he'll play up front and it's do like, that. It's and like he's not when, the um, tallest. He's not the strongest. It's like when Marcus Edwards was was called Mini Messi by Pochettino. It's like when he called Mini Messi to Marcus Edwards. Who look, look, I mean, the highlight of his career is scoring at the Emirates for Vittoria. No, because I've no, I've seen Marcus Edwards play, and he's. He's not Messi because he's a he's more he's a traditional. Whereas Martinelli winger. is Whereas Messi. Martinelli and Messi. <laughs> no, so Marcus Edwards is, is not a traditional winger. Martinelli, he's not. He he can drift. He can play. He can play cam. He's not a traditional winger. I mean, that's, I just, it's just a weird comparison, an unnecessary comparison. Okay, but I don't know who to do. If you, if you watch Pepe though, Pepe was identical to Iron Robin. His goal was a Iron Robin. Who like that's such an Iron Robin type of goal. It's you know he's cutting inside. And every time you watch Pepe play, all he's doing is wanting to cut inside. And it's really frustrating a lot of the time because it's like the defenders have got that covered. Whereas with Iron Robin, he would do that, but you wouldn't be able to cover that. Well, well most of what Pepe's actually doing is missing big shots and, and getting getting destroyed by random defenders that no one's ever heard of uh, most of his career so far at Arsenal. But fair enough, he's got a decent goal. Um, so, I, I, so well done. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Pepe's... He hasn't had a great start, but he's not been destroyed or any of that. He's not. He's not been like. He 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 just he's predictable, which is difficult. And against and against West Ham, he was man of the match, and he became that unpredictable player because you never knew. He he did try and he did go down his on his right foot a lot of the time, which is difficult to cover when you know someone wants to cut onto their left, and you if you force someone to their right, then it's difficult. To, you can't cover both, can you? Mm. And someone with his pace, especially when Aaron Cresswell is up against him. <laughs> Who's not the quickest? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It's going to be difficult to cover him. So I think, but Pepe scored an Iron Robin finish, which was just, and it was the game winner in, in essence because that was the one that made it two one. So Pepe, Pepe's arrived, as people have been saying. <laughs> He's, and I, it's been a very slow delivery. I mean, we should, was should probably brilliant. send a complaint. <laughs> we talked about this when he when he was after like two or three games. Yeah. There's a lot of Arsenal players that take a while to get going. Yeah? We had Robert Perez do that. We had Thierry Henry do that. 
perfect could yeah, just be the next I, I think one that there's a, there's a difference there with with like someone like Ndombele, right? He's come in, he's he's obviously not at a hundred percent, but you can see this quality there. With Pepe, I don't see this quality there. Really, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he'll prove me wrong still, but as mm. um, don't don't talk crap, don't talk crap about Ndombele, man. Um, anyway, I, 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 nah, Ndombele is overrated. Oh, don't be, don't overrated. be stupid, man. He's one of the best footballers like in the Premier League. Hands, the best midfielders, just hands down. Um, just I'd like to make this a point. It's quite interesting. I, I saw this. Um, is that in terms of Arsenal's last nine games? Obviously, haven't won any of them until. Um, West Ham lot uh, yesterday. Um, they've made big changes. So as in, to, they changed formations. They brought Özil. They brought Özil back into the starting lineup. They even sacked the manager. And then they dropped Jacko. And then they played. They played out Abamyang and and like I said, all these sort of changes. But it was the what the one change that worked was taking out David Luiz. Why didn't they see this earlier? Um, <laughs> it's quite interesting that the the savior of Arsenal's defense, the hero, the rescuer. The redeemer, David Luiz, um, is <laughs> is a fraud. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I, what, what do you make of that? Is it, that's the change that has maybe led to Arsenal's. I don't think anyone was saying he's going to save everyone. It I was mean, someone sure, in the dressing, dressing room. room. He's still still not very good technically as a footballer, and <laughs> and it's it, it, it's missing. It's 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 not a coincidence that he's been dropped and you did well. No, it really is because I thought defensively for sixty minutes we were quite what we're like. We looked quite nervous. It was quite a nervous defensive performance for sixty minutes, and and you, you conceded in the first sixty minutes. Yeah, but that was not from David Luiz being on the pitch. It's not gonna. It's not gonna stop. Like we were not. We were terrible for sixty minutes, and David Luiz being on the pitch is not gonna do much difference because West Ham going forward were a bit one-dimensional, and it's kind of we had that covered really because. It was just Antonio was the only. They. It was like I'm so confused with how Arsenal played. It was like a West Ham were constantly pressing, yet there was no space in midfield, which made no sense to me because they were dropping back the whole time West Ham. So there was. I don't know how Arsenal messed up because it took so long. It took sixty minutes until Arsenal learned that had the midfield was a thing, because as soon as you start playing the balls into the midfield and the midfield was able to roam through and and West Ham had a high press so also couldn't just can it's easy when a team's playing high up that you can just pass it through the midfield and that's how he scored and Torreira who I don't know why no one's mentioned him yet was 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 brilliant I thought it was one of his best Arsenal games because obviously you're going to remember people for their goals and Torreira scores a couple we obviously that goal against Spurs and the bicycle kick and all that and people remember like little moments I thought yesterday was one of his best performances and he was exactly what we needed. He he, he drove in the midfield forward and it was kind of, if Guendouzi's not on the pitch, that's what we've got there. We've got two players that do very similar roles and Torreira showed me a different side of him, which I thought was really good to see. So yeah, Torreira's base, Torreira and Guendouzi are better than Dombele and I think that was, <laughs> that's, that was really clear to see and I don't think... That's good, that's good. I don't know, who, if anyone's arguing, it means they're either biased or... They haven't been watching them play. Um, I think you haven't watched Ndombele enough um, because he's clearly a phenomenal footballer. The way he, I mean, the way he changes the, the, the game when he comes on, the balls he plays, the, the just technical quality on the ball. He's just a, he's just clearly a phenomenal footballer. 
And he, you mentioned bias. I didn't see. I mean, sure, Torreira is decent. Um, but I mean, Torreira hasn't been able to get a start for most of the season. Um, and and Dombele is, a, I mean, is pretty much universally recognised as a phenomenal footballer. Um, I, I just, yeah, it's just stupid biases. It's just like, Dombele is brilliant. No, just that's get used a stupid argument that Torreira. That's a stupid argument Torreira can't get into the team because that was Emery's choice. And look what Emery was clearly not using him, and that's he's got sacked, and it's kind of like. We can't really judge someone for not playing him when the manager wasn't that good. No, I've judged him not only on that. That's true. It's not fair to judge him just because he wasn't playing, but it's fair to judge him on his performances that are just nowhere near the level of Ndombele if he comes. And, and if you take into account Ndombele is playing at, at Pochettino, he's playing at 40%, I think it was, or, or 50%. If you take into account when he takes, when he reaches his full potential, when he's fully fit, when he's caught up to the to the fitness levels of Tottenham, of Tottenham, the rest of the rest of the cl- the rest of the team, um, you think of the phenomenal football footballer he's, football he's been. You think of that. He's already been picking up injuries, right? He's picking up injuries, coming back in the team, putting a, a, a phenomenal performance, getting another injury, and then come back in a few weeks and doing the same thing again and again and again and again. He's clearly a phenomenal footballer. Um, just just being just being weird here. You know who that reminds me of a bit. Do you remember nope. this fella called Jack Wilshere? Do you remember him? He was supposed to be like really good, and he just kept on getting these injuries. And he, he just—he was supposed to have the potential and was gonna be great and had everything going for him. He was this brilliant midfielder. He had everything you wanted. Future England captain. Everything going for him, and he just kept on getting these injuries. And it just didn't work <laughs> out in the end. Oh, yeah, Do you know yeah, what happened yeah. to that guy? Um, no, not really. I, I heard that he had a he had a he had a, a, a award a de- de- dedicated in his name at Great Ormond Street. Okay. Is that true? No, it's not. It's just because it's a joke because he spent lots of time there in hospitals um, because of his injuries. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think the Welsh comparison is, is is fair at all. It's it's silly. Um, because uh, Wilshere had his similarities. no. Wilshere's done this for for like however long in his career. I mean, I, I don't know when, when his career started. To be honest, let's say 2011 he started. Um, he's been doing that for like eight nine years. Um, and Dominic's done it for three months. Um, and he's been like two injuries. And and he, before that, he's never before uh, at Lyon he didn't pick up an injury all season for the past t- past past couple of years. Um, yeah, I, I, and it's always it, it's it's little, little niggly little like niggly things. That's a weird weird phrase, niggly. Um, but um, he he's making like like a hamstring injury here and there, um, which is not as serious as and, and it is pure. I think it's more to do with how the fitness of the team. He has to catch up with that level because he's been playing at a lower level um, in France to the 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 tempo and the the drama of the Premier League. No. Yes. <laughs> No, fitness like that is not a thing. He's a professional athlete. He's a professional footballer. He's got his fitness should be up there. It's not like Spurs have got this insane. If you if, if, if we're talking about Liverpool and fitness, then maybe I'd hear you. Because what are you no. talking about, man? Spurs. He's a professional footballer. He's he's got good fitness. You, it's you, you, if you're talking about Liverpool, Liverpool did the are doing pressing now. Spurs did pressing for two three years before then, and the the squad's fitness, even though they haven't been pressing for the past two years or a year and a bit. Um, the squad fitness levels are still much, much higher than someone who's been playing a, a fairly relaxed type of football against farmers in in France. French farmers—they're lovely people. They're not—they're not great footballers. <laughs> I don't know. I've met Guendouzi's come over, and his fitness seems to be fine. I mean, I, I don't really remember if he got if he got any any little injuries at the start. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. And it's a it's a thing like players get small injuries. It's not a big deal. Um, and Dombele is a god, a god among men. I've I've just never heard the excuse 
that someone's fitness levels is not up there yet. And that's what's taking him time to do well. I understand if he needs to get used to the play style and all that. But no, you're saying his fitness isn't okay, up there I mean, yet. I don't I've never heard that, that excuse before. Really though? Really? Really? That's just so silly. I mean, I don't, I don't want to make it an argument about a bat and Dumbley, but obviously there's a thing about fitness. I, mean, I just, just, I mean, I think we can move on from a Dumbley. I think it's just, you're just miles away from reality. And maybe one day you and reality will meet in a nice bar for a drink and have a meal. But at the moment you are very, very distant. Um, and I advise that you should re- repair your relationship with reality. Well, let's move on to the Spurs game. Um, I thought Spurs got quite lucky, in fact, probably. I think. Yeah, I think probably f- five times yeah, lucky. I think. Luck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Liverpool's luck. Everything just lucky. First got lucky. Yeah. That's what I thought. Wow, wow. Um, the start of the week actually, I we probably mentioned this before. The start of the week or midweek um, wasn't great for us. Um, we obviously lost to United, and I was pretty feeling pretty like down in the dumps about. I mean, I, I thought someone someone put it as um, I put it as. Um, the, the team was so used to losing that it didn't really help that much compared to other losses. And I thought that was probably a fair, uh, compar- fair, fair point. Um, but everything's, everything's happy. Everything's rosy. Everything's uh, shiny and magnificent now. Now we've beaten Burnley five goals to nil with some phenomenal goals. Just wow, wow. Kane's goal, Kane's second goal as well. Sonny's stupendous phenomenal goal he ran past the whole Burnley team from the edge of his own box to the other end of the pitch in 12 seconds with 12 touches which is a lovely little uh, numbers just chuck some sprinkle some numbers in there if you didn't appreciate the the, the beautiful nature of human son's goal of the season contender I think you should say but I think it's, it's nailed on goal of the season I think we should end the season now um no, we, we shouldn't do that because Spurs aren't in the Champions League yet. Um, but um, <laughs> in terms of there should be no more good goals this season because they're all going to be worse than Sons. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, an, it was a great performance. Spurs yeah. must be doing great. I think top half of the table now must be at least at least top no, half we, we, now. So don't talk, don't talk like that. We're, 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 we're fifth, aren't we? Be. We're fifth? No. no Spurs are seventh. We're seventh? Are we, are we, are we above you? Yeah, only by point. Yeah, it counts. Arsenal it counts. End the season win. now. End the season now. <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal. Ar- this it really shows something there about Spurs. But Arsenal went nine games without winning, and are still only a point now behind Spurs. I mean, sure, that's it not really. really. Spurs got battered by Brighton and a bunch of other teams, and you're not ahead of us. I mean, you can do it. You can do it both ways. Arsenal did their worst run of form for nearly thirty years, and. And now we're one point behind Spurs. So if Spurs don't win a game, Arsenal go above them. Okay, <laughs> if, I mean, if I think Arsenal win all their games. I think those, those, yeah. those, those correct comparisons work both ways. But I think that the point you'd like to make about the, about, I want to make about the Spurs game is it's similar to the Arsenal game in that the, the one, I think it was one or two changes that were made. It was, it was the, the, the midfield was a massive problem against Man United with Sissoko and Winks. Um, but when we switched to Sissoko and Dyer. Um, in the in the Burnley game, which was I think the only change because he's pretty much got his his back four goalkeeper and his front four pretty much nailed down. Um, but the midfield is the one area which just doesn't really know. But that was the midfield um, that that won us won a game five 0 our, big, our biggest win at the stadium. I think it, it proves that the um, similar to the Arsenal, similar to the Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, he was injured. Yeah, yeah, I um, agree. There's I one. Agree. 
there was one change. I'm not. I'm going to ignore that that stupidity. Um, but there was one change. Um, and similar to to, to Arsenal, I, I don't think there was that many changes. It was the the Louise one is is the this the significant one. But it proves that like individual uh, nickels with the team. No. Am I right? Was no, it? No, no, no. The significant one was Lacazette being swapped sure, out for sure. Martinelli, so we had a more dynamic attack going forward. Okay, fair enough. Um, but um, the 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 changes that have been made, I think it proves that, that most of the changes, like people have been calling when we lose a game, let's say, bring Ericsson in, or when, when Ericsson plays badly, chuck Ericsson out, chuck Ericsson out, chuck, chuck Aurea out, and, 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 and then we'll be good. I think this proves that it's a problem or it's an issue of mentality. Um, and, and this is like shown when, when you have basically the same players putting in a horrific, horrific performance against Man United um, and uh, a much, much better performance in terms of pressing, in terms of the phenomenal goals that, that, that we scored. We just, we still did let um, Burnley have a couple of chances. But I think, this, yeah, I think this proves that it's about mentality. It's about basically how the squad's feeling. Um, and it's, it's, it was, I mean, I, I enjoyed probably one of my most enjoyable games I've, I think in a while for Spurs, it's just a five-nil battering with some phenomenal goals. I mean, just what 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 more can you wish for? Well, you talk though there about um, you talk there about um, Mourinho playing the two like it's more like he played Dyer and Dyer and Sissoko, yeah, yeah, which is kind of um, his tradition of he wants to play defensive midfielders mm. rather than a creative midfielder in that in those two. Like you said, you literally said. The one change that was made was a winks for Dyer. Yeah? yeah. Because of an injury as well, though. Fine, but that is what Mourinho likes to do. He likes to play those two holding midfielders because it sets him up defensively better. No, I don't think that's fair. Um, I, think, I think that both both uh, Dyer and Sissoko weren't really playing as holding midfielders in that game. Um, I mean, it's, it's, Sissoko is 100% not, not a defending midfielder. Um, Soko is plays more, bo- more box to box. That that's how he got his goal, the goat scoring his goal. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to just say that they're, they're two they're two defensive midfielders. And and, and in, in terms of defensive midfielders, um, we need we need to need to stock up on them. That's why we're looking at uh, Maron Fellaini, <laughs> Nemanja Matic, all these fun, exciting players to bring youth and and, and, and excitement in back into the squad. Please don't sign them. Well, that that's Mourinho's tradition, though. He likes playing big, lanky bully midfielders rather than the creative ones in those he wants two of those it just sets you up better defensively it's Mourinho's thing it's not like it's yeah but he had that he, had, he hasn't really got that at the moment as in he had he had with Dyer against against Olympiacos when he brought him off after, after 20 minutes because he was trying to play that role um, and he just doesn't give anything because in my opinion Dyer is not a very good footballer <laughs> technically I don't know what Dyer is good at um, but um, I think that yeah he, he if maybe he wants to play that by someone to buy someone to, to fill that role Maybe long term, but at the moment he isn't really doing that. And this is, I think, this this Tottenham um, way of style of play has really uh, has really changed. I think in a way from from Mourinho's uh, traditional way of playing. Right, so we're playing free flowing attacking football. The defense hasn't been that phenomenal. Um, and I think maybe maybe it's just a short term thing with a new manager. But at the, at the moment, this isn't this isn't tr- tr- traditional Mourinho football. The first five or six games that we've had under his management, um, we've been scoring a lot, scoring a lot and conceding a lot. Um, which is, yeah, again, not very typical of Mourinho. But I don't think that's Mourinho's ideal situation. Sure. I think Mourinho's ideal situation is he wants... That's why the players are being linked. That's why Fellaini's being linked and all these big defenders. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, to... Mourinho's ideal situation 
is to play defensively. He doesn't want to. He, he's not a fan of attacking that much. I, I'm, <laughs> I think I do. I think I do believe that, but I'm not sure. As in, he hasn't showed that at Tottenham so far. If he does show that long term, then I'll be out to criticise him. At the moment, he's doing what I want him to do: is play attacking, exciting football. Um, and as long as he, as he as he continues to do that, I'll be happy. Um, and even though I, I I don't really like, I still I still don't think I like him. I should say, which I haven't, I haven't changed on that. Well, I don't. I'm not a football coach, but not. I would think that teaching someone to defend is a lot harder than teaching someone to attack. Because everyone growing up, all they, all you want to do is score goals and attack and play like that. So teaching, obviously, they're experienced now, but teaching a style of defence is going to be a lot harder than teaching a style of attack. So you might be saying right now he's scoring all the goals, but I think it may take a few. T- it may, may take some time, but in Mourinho's ideal situation. He's playing very defensive. Well, not he's playing very defensively, but he's very strong defensively, and that's what I mean. Like you say, like he hasn't played traditional with the midfielders, but you said the best game he's had is when he made that decision of bringing Dyer in for the less creative midfielder. So, so yeah, but that wasn't a choice, saying, though. That was they're not, and they're not very good either. They're not very good either. Like he, he might be thinking, Ooh. I just don't have the players that can do that right now. He wants time. No, Dyer's not that good. Suzuka, however, is a phenomenal. God level player. I mean, look at that goal he scored. Uh, he's now got. Uh, it was. It's. He still has more goals than Pepe, which makes me happy. Um, <laughs> Pepe. Pepe is, is might might catch up with him. Uh, he's he's got two goals in his last three games. Sissoko. Um Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw Pepe's now got more goals and assists this year than Mo Salah and Hazard have. So Hazard's been crap yeah. this year. That's a useless. That's a useless okay, comparison. Well, Mo Salah. I don't know that about that. I don't know that's true, but I mean, sure. And also, Mo Salah's part of a part of a front three, which is different, right? Pepe's supposed to be one of the people who's leading. What? What are you talking about? Pepe is an identical front three for Mo Salah. Is Not in. really? They literally they both play in a front three where they're role. In fact, Salah's got more responsibility. Than How many times have have the front three played together? Just asking. Pepe, Lacazette, and Aubameyang. That front three, yeah, the, the ideal, I guess, front three. No, um, I'll tell you right now. It's, it's not a lot. <laughs> it's not a lot. No, it isn't. Which is what my but point no, but, is: is that most but, most of uh, no, Salah's time should. has been played as part of a front three, um, where he has to contribute as well. Um, and I also I, I don't maybe Salah isn't having a great season. I mean, I'll, I'll be happy to see that. I, I I really hope he isn't. Um, I don't like him either. I don't like Liverpool. Um, but I don't think it's it's a, a good comparison to say Pepe. After one game, it's it's like it's like when Pulisic did the same thing. Pulisic, Pulisic scored once, I think, and and you got these Chelsea fans saying he's got two two goals and seven assists in his last game. It's like you, shut up, he was saying he was a fraud a, a week ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, people people will Arsenal fans will start getting on the on the Pepe well, no, because, uh, wagon because because Pepe was everyone was expecting some Pepe, so this was like we need to see this now. I want to go back though a minute to talking about Mourinho's midfield there because I know you're not going to like this, but. You're saying he 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 doesn't he want those defensive midfielders is what he likes, and that's why I'm I don't it might be too early to call, but I've got a feeling players like Winks and Ndombele might struggle a bit under Mourinho, because that isn't the sort of player he's after. I feel like you might you might want to disagree. I feel like I'm also I'm just giving my opinion. I'm not sure right now. They might struggle to develop under someone like Mourinho. That's yeah, that's all I can. They might. I think that's probably fair. Um, I don't think Winks is, is a yeah. Winks is not a, tra- a traditional Mourinho player. Um, he doesn't really like do a. He doesn't really defend amazingly. He's not. He's not super strong defensively um, or going forward. I I like him as a player. 
Um, and I, 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 I mean, it's great to have someone who's a Tottenham fan, obviously, who, who, who gets, who gets what it is to be a fan playing in the team, and every single time. He, and this is what he said when he, when he, um, when he mentioned. Um, when 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 he when Pochettino left, he said that thank you for giving me the chance to play for my my football club, and I think that maybe I'm getting too sentimental with with just um, with just like what with just um, with just talking about that. And, and, and the fact he's a Tottenham fan, right? Ryan Mason was a Tottenham fan. Uh, Nabil Bentaleb, I think, was a Tottenham fan. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Or or Jermaine Gina, some of these players that aren't super amazing players. But I I think I, maybe some of these players will not develop as much. But I mean in in, in with with Dyer on on uh, on Mourinho steroids, we'll hopefully see an amazing an amazing player emerge there. No, 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 that is like a proper Mourinho thing. He'll he'll turn Dyer into someone that can play football a bit, like like he was doing with Matic, basically. He just he turned into someone who could actually kick a ball a bit and defend and all that. So, so it, it might be good for England actually, though, because England do need that holding midfielder, and, and Dyer has got that potential to become a good player under Mourinho. Like, you see, managers can change how players are. You look at Sterling with Pep Guardiola, he went from an average footballer to a world-class footballer with someone with someone giving him the right. So Dyer might go from a horrible footballer to a competent footballer. So <laughs> so England might have something there with... I think this, with, yeah, this, um, this, this, is what, um, this is what, to refer to our interview with, with Rafa Honigstein, um, this is what he said, is that there's a... There's an an effect that a manager can have um, on a player that, that can be really 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 massive and like the the thing of, of Gnabry was the example that we used. Um, I, I forget there were some other examples that I think we brought up, but yeah, I think that the the a player really can be transformed under a manager, even someone who I don't think is amazing. Um, again, like always, maybe I'll be proven wrong, uh, but yeah, I mean, Dyer Mourinho steroids, just inject it. Let's go. <laughs> And I know it's early, but I'm saying like, you look at Arsenal with Emery there. He he wasn't developing like someone like Torreira, wasn't developing very well under Emery. Who knows? You get the right manager under him, and he becomes the footballer I thought he could be. One game again. Though. So like, you're right. There there is a lot down to the manager's develop. No, I know. I'm saying it's early, but he was definitely not doing great under Emery. There's an, we can we can say that at least. Um, mm. So yeah, and so yeah, we, there is definitely something there about managers developing players. Arsenal Tottenham The team of the decade of the decade of the decade So now we've got the Tottenham and Arsenal combined team of the decade coming up. Um so yeah, we're basically creating a one team of the best eleven today. 4-4-2 formation that we're going with to try and be as balanced as possible. Um, so yeah, the rules for this were that it was only based off their performances for Arsenal and Spurs and none of their how they performed for the rest of the teams in this decade. It had to be based off their performances of this decade and not previous ones. And they had to play for at least two years at one of the clubs to be able to count um, those were the simple basic rules. Um, so I think the place to start now would be the goalkeeper position. So who do you have for goalkeeper? I have for pick numero uno for the first pick in goal, the French World Cup winning captain, um, Mr. Sexy Frenchman himself, Hugo Lloris. 
um, who I think is, is pretty uncontroversial as a pick for goalkeeper of the decade of, of the two clubs. I couldn't think of any alternative. He's been there for eight years of the decade. Um, he's joined in 2012 from Lyon um, for, I think it was eight million. So massive bargain there. He's in terms of keeping, uh, making some phenomenal saves, winning us points. Um, he's made some mistakes in recent times, to be honest. But I think that, I think it's without a doubt that Hugo Lloris is the nailed on goalkeeper for this team of the decade. Well, I actually disagree with you. Oh no! Um, it's, don't worry. It's not. It's not. It's not Petr Cech. Um, it's not Manuel Almunia. Um, no, I, I think I think Chesney has been the the. I think Chesney for the performances he's given and the stats. And I think he at least the argument he deserves for it. He, oh, no. as, funny enough, however people may not know, in the Premier League. Chesney has more clean sheets than Lloris does. Or not more, he averages more clean sheets per game than Lloris does. So, Well, that's because he's played over a shorter time. It's easy. He's played over a shorter period of time. He only played to Arsenal. As in, he started per game. That's an average, though. It's easier no. to maintain, maintain a higher average over a shorter period of games. Lloris played for eight years straight with, I mean, very, very minimal injuries, if you look at it, in terms of how many games he's actually played. But, like, Chesney... When he played, was most most of the time was a backup goalkeeper or something like that. He's he's when when he started, I don't think he was particularly good. And all you have to do is look at Arsenal's actual response when he was there. You despised him. It's like he's one of these 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 memories that that, that sort of come back after. It's like same with Walcott and with Bellerin when he got injured. You players, you fans, you didn't like him. You didn't yes, they did. Everyone made, respected because um, I'm sorry, when he was there. He was by far and easily the, the best goalkeeper that we've had in the past over any goalkeeper we've had otherwise. Like, Leno's not better than him. Um, Petchek wasn't better than him. There was no way that we can... I don't think anyone... They, he had a couple of weird games where he just he just wasn't at his best. But the man... the man He was, he was pretty good for Arsenal. He made some pretty crucial saves. Um, he, he kept a clean sheet in an FA Cup final for us. Um... You know, how so, about his his massive blunder in in the League Cup final, which is in the, in the decade? That was the wrong decade, mate. No, it wasn't. 2011. No, this decade wasn't it? Lou Birmingham's 2011. Was it? Check me on this. Pretty sure. Okay. Well, I st- I still think he was been. He I still think Chesney has been the best player for. The, over, yes, it was 2011. Weeks. 2011. I still think Chesney consistency. The stats are it's there. A, it's a decade team. The stats are not there. It's a, it's a, it's a team of the, of the decade, not a team of, 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 of a year or two, maybe. Right, Lloris has been the best goalkeeper. The rules for, I mean, were... One of the best. The simple rules were he had to pay for two years. If someone's can't just now go, well, oh, well, someone played for, no, I'm, I'm, for eight years, so that makes them no, better. As in the, if the two years, if the two years was, were sufficiently phenomenal that they, out, they, can, out, they, they can outweigh eight years of, of much better... Um, much better consistency because at the end of the day what a goalkeeper is about being consistent and making consistent saves and winning your team consistent points um, that's just it's just massive fraudulence from you to argue for Wojciech Szczesny who is such an average goalkeeper I just don't I don't rate him at all also he's, he's made, and he hates Tottenham he made but. he made more saves per game he made he had more complete clean sheets per game than Norris. the stats like those wait, in wait, my when? opinion what? When though, I'm saying in his 100 and whatever Premier League performed games, he averages more clean sheets per game and more saves per game. 
if you want to know the exact numbers, I've explained numbers, why it's easier, but it's easier to maintain a, a better, saying, a high quality level, a high quality. Um, it's easy. It is. It's easier to maintain better stats when you're playing over a shorter period of time, right? It's not like so he Lloris played for like ten games. Played... He played for over a hundred games. Chesney uh, played for Arsenal. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's comparable though. Lloris has played probably I think I think two hundred. I'm just, just fact checking me here. Um, Lloris has played much more than hundred games with Tottenham. Um, he's played two hundred forty-six games with Tottenham. Right, it's it's over double. It's almost it's, it's almost triple. Um, he's played way more. So therefore, he's going to have made more mistakes, maybe. But overall, it's much harder to maintain it over eight years than a hundred games. Most of which were were not in were not not against high, high quality opposition. Most of which were in, in like league cup games and and whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I think it is about consistency. But with, with the goalkeeper, and it's it's similar to, to defense. And if when when we get onto that, um, this one's going to go on for a while. Um, but yeah, it's about consistency. Um, and Lloris is much more consistent than than Chesney. Fine. I'm, listen, I understand where you're coming from, and at, at this moment in time, I'm willing to compromise for you here. And Lloris can go in goal as the for the goalkeeper. I, it, it's hard, and I don't see the stats to back it up. But there was there's been a lot of criticism in the past over these players, and Lloris he, he's won a World Cup, which I think is fair enough. Like he didn't do it for Spurs. He was great, and I feel as like I'm willing well. to compromise. I'm willing to compromise here in in, in as Lloris in goal. Moving on now, though, to the fullbacks um, at right and left back. Um, I have gone with at right back Bakary Sanya, and at left back um, Danny Rose. Um, Danny Rose, I'm happy to say, better than Morial, who's been the Arsenal's best left back, and I, I don't think Morial. He he just wasn't very good. He scored a couple of amazing goals, but he's just. I think Danny Rose is fair enough, better than him. At right back though, and I feel like this is probably where you're going to have an argument. Um, no, not only, not only. But um, Bakary Sanya, I think he um, he is one of the most underrated players ever to play for Arsenal. He he he's he's literally ever since he's left. I've he, he also have missed someone like him a lot. He had everything for him. He was a fun character. He could score goals when you needed him to. He would get up there. His 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 crossing ability was 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 by far and the best I've ever seen for Arsenal in in my time supporting them. He was one of the best crossers of the ball. Um, like Trent Alexander Arnold would be, he's on the level there of, of crossing ability in my opinion with Bakary Sanya. So I think. However much you might be saying someone else, Bakary Sanya for me, he got goals. He assisted a few times. His ball-playing ability was brilliant. He was a leader on the pitch. He had everything going for him, I think. Bakary Sanya for me has to be the right-back. Danny Rose, willing to give to left-back just because I don't think Monreal was very good. So, surprisingly, I'm going to argue on both fronts. Um, on the, I'll start with Danny Rose one because that's more weird. Um I, I, I don't think Danny Rose is that good, right? I think he's been good for one year, maybe maybe two last year he was good. He was really, really good for us. Um, but I just couldn't I couldn't put myself on putting Danny Rose. So I thought, I'm going to go with some sort of loopholes here, which haven't been le- legally specified. So I'm going to go with players who have played at left-back and played for a while at left-back, right? The the So the first one I'm going to go for, I haven't, it's, it's one or two, and we can argue them out, I think, um, is Jan Vertonghen, who's been playing recently at left-back. 
who has been phenomenal left back. Um, and and against Dortmund, notably when he's when he got an assist and got a goal. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, this one is uh, maybe here's this one's a bit more interesting. I think Gareth Bale. Um, he played as a left back for the decade, for a part of the decade. He was not great at left back, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I think when when he played against um. In the in the Champions League season, I think he was he was just coming up from not being a left back. But I I just I don't know I can't put Danny Rose there, and I think that I did the other two options. But maybe I don't know what you think. Um, but I, I just yeah, let's, let's do that first. Look, I think I think I think fair enough. Like if you don't want to give it to Danny Rose, um, Gareth Bale, I don't think is enough of a left back to be considered the left back. But I think Yang Vertonghen is actually someone who can go left back. Um, it's yeah, I think I think that's probably fair enough because he has played at left back, and and he has had a he had a really amazing performance recently at left back against in the Champions League. I forget who was against. Um, so so I'm happy to give Jan Vertonghen left back, but I'm still going to okay. stick with Bakary Sanyo at right back. Yeah, that, 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 that's another place where I'm going to disagree. I think we're disagreeing on every single person here. Um, even the Spurs ones we can't agree on. Um, the the right back I went for was uh, Carl Walker, who I despise as a person for what he did. Um, but um, I think the fact that he was part of of the best uh, the the joint the joint best best in the league defense in 2015 2015-16 and the best defense in 2017 uh, 15 in the year after i can't, I can't deal with the numbers um when he we can see just 35 goals in, in in that year and 25 goals the next year and you think of the fact that he's i think one of the best right backs in the world right now um and that is probably we can't actually include that because it isn't for tottenham um but while he was at tottenham let's do that while he was at tottenham he was brilliant going forward Brilliant crossing, and, and that's one of the positions that people say that since that he's left, Spurs have gone down as, a, as a, in, in terms of how good we are. I'm not sure if it's entirely down to him completely, but I think he's a factor, and he's I really don't like him. Um, and I and when he went to Tottenham, he was very very near to me, and and I shouted some uh, rude words at him. Um, but but um, I think he's a better at back than Bakary Sanya. Well, I don't know how much you've watched of Bakary Sanya, um, but. A lot. But um, I, I, I really think, like, Sanya had, I think, he just didn't have, other than the speed, yeah, I don't, I think he had the defensive qualities, defensively he was very strong, he had the crossing ability, I think his crossing was by far and, far, by far and above Carl uh, Walker's. Do you think Walker's, Walker's better though? I think Walker's better. I don't know, I think he's just got speed going for him, I don't think you can think about, if you think really about knows? Arsenal, if you think about Arsenal, um... And it, 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 like you look at the past decade, yeah, Hector Bellerin has been on right back for majority of it, yeah. Bakary Sanyo was only here for a few years, but he is still considered the best right back of the decade for Arsenal in most people's opinions because he was that amazing when we had him. He was literally he's one of the most underrated players for Arsenal have ever had. I don't know how how we can't put him in this team because. He was brilliant. He had goals well, in him. I've... He had heading ability for someone so short. He was a brilliant crosser of the ball. He was a team leader. Literally everything Bakary Sanya gave for Arsenal is what we would be missing right now. And it's like that there's so much going for Bakary Sanya. Like Carl Walker was great for Spurs for a bit. Like he was young. I think he's developed a lot more now under Guardiola. And I think lots of your perspective may be under how he's performing now with Man City, because he has he's been even better if not He's been just as good, if not better, with Man City as he was at Spurs. I just don't think he did enough for Spurs to get in over Bakary Sanya, that's all. I'm I'm saying he's a great right back right now. 
I just don't think he did enough for Spurs to be to get in over Sanya. So Sanya for me is just so one of the best players. Um, so the way I would put it is that you take Walker out of Tottenham and take Sanya out of Arsenal and see what happens. Right? We know what happens in both situations because it's already happened. Right? When Walker left Tottenham, Spurs' defence got a lot, 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 lot worse. And when he took Sanya out of Arsenal, um, their right-back was replaced with very soon. Now you have Bellerin who's... No, I no, mean, no, I, we I, didn't. We didn't know. Sanya, is. Sanya wasn't replaced. In, Bellerin did not instantly replace um, B- B- Bellerin. Bellerin was very young. We had Cole Jenkinson play for about a, for a season. Um, Callum, Shame, Callum Chambers had to put in a shift in there in recent years when Bellerin has been not available. Like, Bakary Sanya was vital. Bellerin was supposed to be amazing. He didn't perform that well for a, for, for a, a couple of years. Um, and he kind of ha- he took him some time. He was very young when he started. There was links to Barcelona and everyone at the time. But you took back with Sanya of Arsenal, and you think you have to remember the defense we had at the time was made up of Squilicci and them not. So it's, it's a bit hard. But um, no, back with Sanya. I'm sorry. You take Kyle Walker was is great. He's a great right back. I'm not denying any of that. He he won play young player of the year um, under Spurs, but um, back with Sanya is just one of the most underrated footballers. You mentioned that. I've I've thought about. And and Walker's great. I just don't think he did enough for Spurs to get into the team, and that's why I really think we have to give Bakary Sanya the right back position. Yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that my my uh, my perspective on Walker is sort of tinted by his Man City um, Man City days now. Um, although I, I don't know, I think we can give it to Sanya, but I, I'm not sure. I, 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 it's sort of a, a, a sort of half excited giving it to Sanya like I'm not really that into giving it to Sanya um, but why not let's go let's give it to Sanya why not so that's so we're going to agree there the the right back is Bakary Sanya the left back is Jan Vertonghen um, which moves us on to centre backs which is somewhere Vertonghen could have got in so since he's now playing a left back who have you got a centre back we might just both agree here Um, maybe. Um, my nominees, I guess you can say, for centre-backs, I had a couple of them. Um, I, I'll be honest, Vertonghen was one of them. Um, he's not anymore. He's, he's been taken. Um, I think we can go with Toby Alderweireld, was I think is, is I mean, for a similar argument than the, with Carl Walker, he's part of one of the best defence, the joint best defence in the league in one year and then the ne- best in the next year. Um, generally a consistent, solid performer. Um, as for the other, the other, the other part, the other centre-back, I mean... I thought, why not? Let's give. Let's be nice. Give, give it to some Arsenal people. I couldn't. I mean, Ledley King would have got, but he's only there for like one year or two years of the decade. He retires in 2012. Um, like, I just mm, Michael Dawson just out of sentiment, sentimental value alone. Um, so I, I think that maybe Mertesacker. I think Mertesacker as an Arsenal person can maybe get in, or if you think there's someone a better Arsenal version, I'm happy to hear it. But I don't know. I think Alderweireld for me is nailed on. The other, I'm sort of up for for like. Uh, discussion or persuading on well I agree I had Alderweireld in my in my 11 I didn't actually have Jan Vertonghen because I didn't think about putting him in left back because my other centre back was going to be Lon Koscielny. Um he may have left on bad terms with Arsenal but he has a, he has many stats to back it up he was our captain for most of this decade um, in my opinion he he has the stats to to say he's better than Jan Vertonghen as a centre back. Um but we put Vertonghen at left back, which means I think Mursaka okay, he, he was decent. He didn't do he wasn't he wasn't 
he didn't start enough games, didn't play enough games, um, and to be as consistent as Koscielny was. Um, if uh, there's a lot, of, it's interesting. Alderweireld didn't do it for as long as Vertonghen and Koscielny did, but he still is clearly the best centre back. And actually, if we're talking about a traditional defender who's a centre back, Alderweireld gets in fair and square, I think, for me. And then Koscielny, I think, is the other man. His, he, his interceptions are 2.73 per game. Um, his aerial duels, he won 2.6 per game. And Alvaro only won, had 1.5 aerial battles, one per game, and interceptions only at 1.07. So Koscielny, was a, in, those, in those specific aspects, was very, very, very good. So he was a ball aerial winning and, and, and ball winning and ball-winning defender, which is kind of a very traditional um, role. Koscielny also has a lot more goals than than Vertonghen and Alvaro had. He has 22 goals at Arsenal, and Vertonghen, in the same amount of time, in, bar like, I think one season, he had one less season, only scored six. So so Koscielny had, had goals in him as well. Um, yeah, I think... In, just, just in, it was give up. You, you've Kishani already won. Is... You've already won this one. Just stop. Stop. Kashani, and and Alderweireld are for me the two centre backs. But I think okay. I think it's fair to put Kashani in because I think he was better. Um, so yeah, there's a defense. That's the defense now sorted. Um, moving on now, I think we should probably start with the two central midfielders. Um, I think we're we're fair to say that you don't need defensive midfielders. You could have two, two to number 10s if you want. That's kind of the perspective here. It's not what would be the best. How could you design the perfect team to play a game? It's just who are the best players that go into the team. So the two central midfielders, for me, are both Arsenal players. Um, one being Santi Cazorla, who I think has been exceptional. Who was exceptional for Arsenal this decade. Um, it was close. It was between him and Aaron Ramsey for me. Um, I just think you, when you look at Arsenal, what Arsenal miss, Santi Cazorla is is it was just better than Aaron Ramsey. The other central midfielder for me is, and I'm I'm ready I'm ready to battle this out because I think it's basically between these two. But for the other one is Meza Özil versus Christian Eriksen, and for me, the stats of the past decade say Meza Özil is the better player. Um, again, for midfield disagreements, and I have a lot of there was a lot of options to pick in the midfield um, from Spurs and yeah. Arsenal. So I just list a couple of them out. Why not? Um, for me, the two that I went for um, were I think Modric and Özil. I think we agree on the Özil front. When he was good, Inter- he was good. Um, Ooh, interesting. But Modric, you think Ballon d'Or winner Luka Modric? Um, that was obviously after Tottenham, but I think the, the quality of his of his of him at Tottenham was was a phenomenal. Was phenomenal. I think his his ball playing skills. He's he's inspired me to grow my hair out long. Um, all round great guy. Um, yeah, I just I mean it's pretty close between him, him and Sandy Cazorla, but I think that I mean I don't know. It's hard because most of Modric joined in two thousand nine, so technically he does it before the decade. He joins before the start of the decade, whereas Cazorla joins um, twenty thirteen. If I'm right there. Um, yeah, twenty twelve. So therefore, he's got more in a decade. Yes, I mean, I, but I think I think there's a thing of of because all didn't doesn't doesn't do it for as long really. I think he's it's probably because of injuries. He does it for like, I mean, I, when 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 does Cazorla leave Arsenal? Like, he was there for six years, but he was obviously he was injured for probably the last year and last 
maybe year and a half. Modric, I don't think, was at Spurs for very much this day here, though, right? He was only here for two years, uh, I believe. He leaves in 2013, I think. 13, I think it was 20... I think he played the 2010-11-11-12 season, so he must have left after that. So, 2012 he left. I'm, I'm not sure... Exactly. It's one no, year, no, I, I am what, sure. Two or three years and decades. He... I am sure. I've, I've got. I know. I've researched this. He left in 2012. I have. I've done my research okay. for him as well. I checked about. I was thinking, does does Modric get in? I just didn't. He just didn't have enough for me going the, over Kazola. I don't know what your argument is for him over Kazola. Um, I don't know. I think I just. It, it's a tough one. I'll be honest. But I think that the, we. I think we see the quality of them. The fact that he's gone of of what they've done in their career. Of what they've gone on to do, I think this is a bit not a bit again a bit unfair because it's not including just what they've done at Arsenal, Tottenham. But I think that that, that also, does have an uh, indicate on how good they are. No, also with Kazula as well, he was brilliant for Arsenal. He just an injury. You can't you can't judge someone based based on them getting a a, a career-ending injury. Do you injury. think seriously? Do, do you seriously think that that, that Real Madrid or Barcelona would would, would consider Santi Kazula? If he'd if he if he'd been fit, remember he was getting on there a bit. He was already twenty nine by the time he was by the time he got injured. So. He was getting on a bit, but when he was playing for Arsenal, um, any Arsenal fan will tell you he was he's vastly missed because he had everything going for him. He had goals, he had assists, he created chances, everything he had going for him. And I the 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 stats that you look at, Modric, his time at Spurs, he did he didn't do that well. Like he you might he might have gone on to do great things, but he he got very few goals, got very few assists. Um, in fact, goals and assists of this decade for Spurs, Luka Modric combined per game averaged zero point one eight goals and assists per game. That's quite low. That's that's one. That's a that's an assist and a goal every every five games. That isn't that great. I mean, it's, uh, fair enough. It is fair enough. I mean, it is true. I think I think it is similar. You can't. We can't do this without, without my my like perception of these players of now coming in. And I like, think Ozil, not Ozil, um, uh, Modric now is very clearly a world-class player. Yeah, 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 I don't think Santi Cazorla, I don't consider him in that, in that, that like bracket of world-class. I don't think I ever did. Um, I, think that's, I think that's relatively fair. In my, I, opinion, I one... in my opinion, Moussa Dembele is better, has done better for Spurs than Modric did. That, 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 that was one of, the, one of the examples that I was going to bring up. Um, I don't know about better than Modric, but I think in terms of at how technically good the footballer was... Muzanbele is is the goat is phenomenal. Um, I think I think Pochettino talked talk about this is that he said that he was up up on a level with uh, in terms of actual quality as a footballer. Um, he was up there with with Maradona and with and with Ronaldinho, who he, who he both played with, um, which is a, a very high compliment to pay. Um, I think yeah, there are a couple of other options. I think we should probably mention I think Ericsson. Um, I think that I don't know he, when when he's good, he's phenomenal. Um, recently, he's been not. He, it's similar to Ozil. I think I think. I think we should do this. I think if Ericsson, Ericsson versus Ozil, um, I, I think I think Ericsson wins that. Well, you were willing to put Ozil in your team, so I don't yeah, know I was, how much but I'm, you I'm can actually. That. I, I, I don't know how much you can actually think about how that argument works. If because you were willing, you were willing to put to put uh, Mesut Ozil in your team. Um, so yeah, I don't think that, you can. I, wasn't I don't think I wasn't your justification. Erickson. Your justification will be purely out of spite of wanting to have no. two Arsenal midfielders. But even then, Mesut Ozil created more chances than Eriksson did this for, for 
for than Ericsson did this decade. Ericsson um, scored more than him. Ericsson scored a few more, but Mesut Ozil got more assists. And remember, a lot of Ericsson's goals would have come from free kicks. So not true from dead ball situation. Well, seven of his goals came from 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 set, from set pieces. Whereas, so I feel like you're judging someone based on that. Also, when we're talking about midfield, how's that, how's that how's that relevant? As in, when we're talking he scores about free kicks, it's not it's not a negative. No, 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 it's not. But then, if you're looking at both of them, um, I looked at these stats. It was really fascinating. They were really close. They were really close. Goals and assists. They're, edges it. they're bang on. They're bang on goals and assists. They they both have the same amount of of percentage of goals and assists per game of, of the decade. Mesut Ozil had done it for a few more games. So based on your um, based on your um, facts earlier about who's played longer, um, doing it for longer, I think Mesut Ozil. Also, you have to remember the season he had. He broke Premier League record of assists in a season. Yeah, the man had nineteen assists in a year. You look now, Kevin De Bruyne is the only one who's doing that. So you're looking at a assist season where he was just as good as Kevin De Bruyne. And Kevin De Bruyne no, was you... pretty much the best player in the league, most people agree. So you have to remember that season. Cazorla goes in the team for me. I think, I think we can do Cazorla Ozil. I think we can do that. I think I'm you have... Cazorla Eriksson. I think because, one, you put him in your team already. Two, I compromised earlier on the goalkeeping position. I think you I might not like on, it. on Walker. You might not like it, but you have to give it to Mesut Ozil. You put him in your team, and you only no, you after don't. only after hearing me say Ericsson have you started no, considering him. No, but that's, what, that's, that's true though. You can't. I, I, you can't. It's true that I, I don't know, I think it's fair to put Ericsson. I think it's fair to put two Arsenal players as well. But I don't think that I don't think Ozil works as a person because I don't think Ozil does it as as long. I don't think Ozil he's as good. I think Ozil's. I don't know. I think like, Ozil's done it for like one two seasons at his best. Um, he's Ericsson's had, he's done it for much, it, much longer. Over, over more games, he's got better stats, so you really can't be giving that argument. <laughs> no, as in over more games, as in over more games, like if you have, I, 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 I don't know what his stats are, you you've got his stats in front of you, um, but in terms of, in terms of he's, he'll have more assists, but the more assists over, over, over the, the, the assists average out, the assists are heavily weighted down to that one season, I think he got, he got 20 something assists in that season, right? Um, so if you look at the rest of his stats, they, as in they weigh, they, they weigh out and they aren't actually as good over time. No, another right. stat that I looked at was their was their how much they lost the ball. She's ignoring me there. No, no, no. I'm hearing what you're saying, but another stat I looked at was how much they lost the ball, and Ericsson lost the ball a lot more than Mesut Ozil was, which is quite an important thing for a midfielder. Uh, uh, um, Ericsson's pass completion was only at eighty one percent, and Ozil's was at eighty seven. So I think that's another stat you have to take into consideration over a lot more games as well. So being consistent with your with your passing percentages a lot more, and obviously you can just look at oh who passed the ball back more, um, but it, it it's not that Mesut Ozil is a very forward thinking player, and I feel like well, you can't you have to give me you have to give me some compromise here. You put him in your team. I've given you compromise. I've given you, you compromise. I've given you compromise team. on 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 uh, Sanya. No, 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 no. You put him in your team. You can't get rid of him now. We can't keep on doing this. It okay. is with much regret and, and sorrow um, that I'd like to announce that I've lost this argument on the Ozil Eriksson situation. Um, I still think he's better, but I need to find it. I need to back that up with stats, and I haven't done that today. So I, I apologise for, for, for my poor performance and to the and to the entire Spurs family. I am disappointed in myself. <laughs> but to move on to the wingers, uh, the wingers now. Um, but again, loads of options we can go for. Um, the options I went for were 
Um, on the left, I went for a, a Woolwich player, which was nice of me. I'm giving you favours. Please give me Ericsson. Um, I went for I went for Alexis Sanchez on the left wing. Um, Same. When I watched him at Arsenal, I despised him, but I thought he was good. Um, <laughs> and on the right wing, um, I went for I went for Bale with a little brackets of Son. Um, but I, I think Bale wins it for me. I didn't I think, actually I, I, think I about Bale. Song. Yeah, sure. I mean, with Bale though, Bale had one phenomenal season with Tottenham in the Premier and in, in the decade. I mean, two maybe two arguably um, in the decade. Um, Son has had more than that. Son has had I think three or four now seasons of twenty plus goals. Whereas where compared to Bale was one season of phenomenal excellence, uh, Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, um, World Record transfer after that. I don't know. I think I love Sonny, but I'm a, I think I'm gonna go with Bale. I think you you, you agree. Yeah, I've got Bale. I've got Bale in my team as well. Um, he didn't play that much this decade for Spurs. He 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 was a he had a lot of games of he had injuries during the beginning of his Spurs career, so he played a lot in in like the late two thousands. Um, but yeah, I put Bale in. I didn't. It is a lot again. We're gonna. It's gonna be clouded by how he's done afterwards and how he got such a huge move. And even though people say now he didn't do great at Real Madrid, if you remember at the start, he scored some phenomenal goals for them, Champions League winning goals. Um, also for Spurs, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's fair to say that. But yeah. Also for Spurs, he did score some pretty amazing goals, just significant, just individual goals. Um, he, there was that game against Inter Milan in the Champions League. Most Spurs fans will remember. Um, so yeah, I've got Berlin ahead of Son. I didn't really think about Son. Um, it feels like maybe current players are harder to think about, like who's been the best over the last ten years because they're still playing and Son's still playing, um, and he's still doing very well. Um, Alex Sanchez for me, Arsenal, Arsenal missed out so much on him. Um, no one wanted to see him leave. It was kind of. It's, there's been a few players this decade that it's happened to um, where players have left and no one wanted to see that happen. And good, the good, only good thing to take about Sanchez is he hasn't done so well moving on. Um, but Sanchez, it's time in Arsenal. He averaged a goal every two games, um, which is which is quite a decent stat to have for his time there. Um, not including, that's not even, even thinking about assists as well that he got. He was a creative player. Um, he he played he played he got us into Champions League a few years, which we would never have seen happening with probably without him. Um, so yeah, Sanchez gets in and Bell gets in. Son, I didn't think about him enough to say to put him in. So I think we can just agree there. Sanchez and Bell are the two that get in as the wingers. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe maybe in a couple of years people people will think more about Son as a, as, a, as like a uh, contender for maybe the the next team of the decade. People will think about Son, but he only, maybe he only did it in in, in the early twenty twenties. Um. <laughs> um, that, that, that's a, a future conversation, very literally. And then moving on to strike now, it's 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 going to be controversial, in my opinion here. So let's just hear what you've got first. We have we have two strikers. We have two, two strikers, strikers, right? We have two strikers. So the one I went to, which I, I think you're probably going to argue with, but I think any person who's rational and sane will not argue with, is Harry Kane. Um, he's the one option. Um, and then for uh, um, an act of kindness to the Woolwich uh, faithful, I gave... Um, I couldn't decide. I, there was two options. It was either Van Persie or Bamiang. Um, and I'm sure you've picked one. 
I think you have at least. I hope you have because I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think I, I'm for me, Van Persie's one season or a couple of seasons that were in the decade. I think Edge over at Bamiang. So I'm would, I would going Van Persie and Kane as the two options. Um, yeah, Nicholas Ben. He has. He, I just don't think he did it for long enough. <laughs> it was close. It was close. It was close. Roberto Soldado, Vincent Janssen. <laughs> yes, the one thing Arsenal and Spurs probably do have is a lot of terrible strikers over these last 10 years. Marouane Schmack, <laughs> Nicolas Pena. Emmanuel Adebayor played for Spurs this decade. Um, no, he was good for a while. He was good for a while. Um, so, yeah, there's been a lot of terrible strikers. Um, now, you've said there the two Arsenal strikers is basically toss-up, and I don't think any Arsenal fan are going to argue if you choose the other over one, um, Van Persie and Aubameyang. Um, but I decided to do some research and look into some things. Um, and Good for you. And without going into how long they've done it for, yeah, if you just look at the simple when they did it in each game, because you talk about these players, and we're not talking about players that are left because they weren't good enough or any of that. These, all three of them, could have played more for a start. Kane could have started his Spurs career a bit earlier. He just they decided not to use him for some reason. Um, I don't know what they what, what manager at the time didn't see the potential. Um, and Aubameyang only signed later. Harry Redknapp. Um, and Van Persie left quite early Martin on in the decade. <laughs> but after my research, I came to the conclusion I think Van Persie and Aubameyang and Van Persie for me is the player that gets in as an Arsenal striker. Um. Because his stats are just phenomenal. Even like even his, his whole Premier League career, his stats are phenomenal. Um, so then it became a toss-up between Aubameyang and Kane. And if you've ever heard me, I will, Stanley, come down to no. say Aubameyang is a better striker than Harry Kane based on the stats that he's shown for Arsenal this season. And previous seasons. Because he's just... He's, it's just a bit unfair with Aubameyang oh, and Kane. I put both of them in. I, I, I knew it was going to be controversial. It, it's just, I feel like Van Persie's better than both of them with his stats. And Aubameyang, it becomes then between Aubameyang and Kane. I, I don't think that's true at all, but okay. It becomes between Aubameyang and Kane. And, and you know, I think, I think Aubameyang's better than Kane based off how he's well he's done. A, You've a, seen all these stats recently about since he's joined, he's got the most goals in the Premier League since Aubameyang joined. This is... This is um, an abomination to logic. This is a disgrace to the human race. Um, <laughs> Harry Kane is nailed on the best striker there. Van Persie did it for one season um, in the decade. Um, phenomenal season, obviously. But Kane's best season is better than the Bamiang's best season. Um, and when we start, the Kane and Bamiang argument, which I think there's, I, I, me Kane obviously get, gets better is better than a Bamiang. But in the decade, and think about how long they, they, they've done it. Um, Kane's done it for four or five years now. Um, Aubameyang's done it for two. Um, Kane's won two golden boots. Kane's been the best striker for England captain. Fine, and but you can't. Kane's, it's a bit unfair Kane's, to judge him. It's a bit unfair to judge Aubameyang based on. It's well, not. Everything's it's unfair. Not Every single enough. thing's unfair. Because if, if Chesney would have played for twelve like more years, not, he would have been a better goalkeeper. No, 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 no. Because it's we're not basing off were they good enough. Aubameyang didn't join in. Before, you're basing off he only joined late on. Look, if we go by what we've been going by. And I, I feel like I'm probably going to have to compromise by the end of this because we have been going on how they, the amount of time they've done it for, yeah, they've done it for longer and, and those sort of things, and we've those of what that's how we've been going. So I feel like Kane will be getting into the team. I think 
But, and I don't know, the people that argue with it are arguing it purely based on Arsenal fans get too ahead of themselves, so Aubameyang can't be that good. Um, but Van Persie, he didn't do it for very long, but for me, better than Aubameyang and Kane, because Van Persie got a goal and assist every game for Arsenal. Yeah? Yeah, goal and assist every game in the seasons he played for Arsenal this year. And he also scored the least penalties out of the three of them. Okay? So... He did That's it. a BS stat, but okay. Okay, but it's still something because someone who hasn't scored penalties is a. It's kind of you know that's a bit. Mark, I don't when the whole joke about Pepe not scoring. I when you're at that level of of scoring, I think that's silly. Yeah. Okay, but the whole joke about Pepe this year for Arsenal has been, well, he hasn't scored from open play. Like that means something because he only scored a penalty in the Premier League. Whereas, so like, I feel like penalties are still a thing. People still view penalties. If you just score penalties and tap-ins, it shouldn't count. But So Van Persie, for me, gets in there ahead of Aubameyang. Um, and if you look as well, if you remember what happened when Van Persie left, Arsenal struggled to find another striker just who was there. We went through so many and no one was up there. So for me, that's why Van Persie gets in. Not even Nicholas willing- not even... And I'm willing to say that Kane can get in at Aubameyang for now because he's done it for longer in the Premier League. If we, again, if we look at next 10 years, I don't know, Aubameyang's getting there in age, but I think Aubameyang consistently can keep that up. And I don't think it'll be long before um, you, the, the debate actually starts being a real thing. And it's not just me trying to force these stats down people's throats. Um, but yeah, I, uh, Kane and Van Persie for me are the two strikers. And I think that's fair to agree on. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I mean, yeah, Kane, Kane, and Van Persie is the two strikers. Um, are we? What, what's what's the score? Just checking. Have we, have we got a, a I little score scoreboard? We can well, check in at the bottom as of the you screen. Can see, the lineup's now there. Um, the I believe it's finished six five to Arsenal, which which leaves us, which does leave us down to one thing that we we did say we were going to do, which was the manager of the decade. No, but sure, no, we're not, not doing that. We're not doing that. Cut and cut, 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 cut. If it's a difficult one to do this one, so I feel like we're be- we're safer just not. Um, um, but yeah, Freddie Lundberg for me. The, every, every, let, let's Lundberg. play it safe. The manager is Tim Sherwood. Everyone agrees on Freddie on Tim Sherwood <laughs> to be the manager. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think when it ended up being here six five to Arsenal in in players. If I can just introduce a, a, a new category, um, stadium of, of the decade. <laughs> Who wins that one? <laughs> <laughs> this is now like I don't know. Let's do um, most um, the best looking team, best looking player of the decade. Let's do that. Um, Paulo Gazzaniga, hands down. Olivier Giroud, mate. Um, so yeah, let's just. Nah, I think nah, nah, no, 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 We need to finish there. Um, that is the team of the decade. Um, it's going to be controversial. People are going to disagree. People are going to have their own opinions. Um, that's we've come to our decision there. That's what we've got. Um, if you want to let us know who you would put in, please do. Um, we'd be happy if, to if hear. You had any, any glaring mistakes that for you? Yeah, there are probably some players I've forgotten about. I forgot about Son. You forgot about Ericsson. Um, funny enough, they were both Spurs mm. players, which kind of says a lot. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for watching, and see you.
Tottenham Arsenal, let the sparks fly. What do we think of